For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500 or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Thursday to you and I hope it's starting off well for you. We've got a lot that we can discuss today. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. We call the segment Midweek with the Mayor, but he's going to be a day late with us today from the midweek. I guess it's still kind of midweek. But, of course, last night was a very important night as Mayor Mitchell delivered his proposed fiscal year 2024 budget to the New Bedford City Council, who, of course, will now deliberate what is in the budget. They will talk with department heads. They'll figure out what needs to be what needs to remain in the budget and where they can make cuts and uh, all in the hopes of getting a budget passed in time for the new fiscal year. But we're talking about a budget of $513,169,319. So a half a billion dollar budget, which is an increase uh, over last year. Last year was about $471 million. And a big part of where some of that increase is coming is in the expected sectors and something that Mayor Mitchell has been talking about for a number of years now. It's it's money that, first of all, the general fund is $458,910,392. So just about 460000 of that 513000 is from the general fund. And that means part of that is funding employee health care for city workers. It's the, uh, funding the retirement of city workers, both of which Mayor Mitchell says need some improvement and some overhaul. And of course, once again, he will be filing uh, to have the city council approve the ability to negotiate with the unions for city workers. Well, actually what happens is they bring in a third party independent neutral arbiter to try to cut back on some of those health care costs, which the city council has been reluctant to approve every time it's been brought up. Last year, it fell seven to three. Uh, so we'll see what happens with it this year. But uh, the mayor will join us later on and he will talk about the budget. He will talk about why he thinks that those things need to happen in order to keep things. And, and he talked about in his speech, still having this be a conservative lean budget. This is not wild spending. With all kinds of crazy ideas, according to the mayor, this is something that is, you know, just trying to get the city to where it needs to be, including meeting minimum net school funding so that they can get the matching funds. 
So uh, we can we can talk more about that with the mayor. And of course, you heard Kate mention in the news a topic that we discussed quite a bit yesterday, both on this program and throughout the day. That Washington Post article, in which we learned that the New Bedford Housing Authority was using its cameras to record residents and get video footage to be able to utilize against them in evictions. And as I mentioned, Kate was digging into that story more. And what did she find out? She found out that they're actually upgrading the cameras that they utilize at public housing around the city. It's actually nearly a million dollars in upgrades. And she looked into the number of evictions that have been going on. And of course, there was an eviction eviction moratorium. So that kind of skews some of the numbers, I'm sure, because they, they might be playing catch up with evictions that they couldn't get to before, you know, because of the moratorium. And they might be behind a little bit. But she says the Southeast, this is her reporting at WBSM.com and on the app. Southeastern Massachusetts Housing Court lists 101 cases filed by the New Bedford Housing Authority so far in 2023 alone. So we can continue on with the conversation about that as well. Uh, Also, I have an article up at WBSM.com and on the app. When I was walking out of the studio yesterday morning, I joined in a conversation with Kate and our Kristen, who works here behind the scenes. Uh, but as you know, if you've listened to my 9 to 12 show, you know that Kristen is a constant source of interesting information on the South Coast. She's constantly bringing up things and pointing out things and saying, hey, have we written about this or check this out? Or I thought you might want to know about that. And she is a huge fan of the little library, the little free library movement. She's a voracious reader, and she loves to visit little free libraries. She compiled a list a couple of years ago of many of the local little free libraries, and of course, there's been so many more since then. They do run a website where people register their little free libraries so that you know where to find them, but there are actually a lot of people who don't get that far involved in the process or don't realize that you can register it. They just go somewhere and they see that people are doing this and they say, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to build a, a box in my house. And I've, I've even seen that, I think it was Amazon or somewhere I saw where you can actually buy like a prefab kit. The same way that you would go and buy a mailbox and install that in front of your house, you can do the same thing with a little free library. In fact, there have been um, some videos that I've seen online where people say, it's, it's as simple as just getting a wooden box and putting it on top of a mailbox post. And that it should be all things you can get at, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever without even having to, to build anything if that's what you wanted to do. How ornate and how fancy you make it is up to you. And I wish, I wish my grandfather was still alive. Well, actually, probably not. Because um, at this point, <laughs> at this point, he'd be 110 years old and he would probably be pretty angry that, uh, you know, he was still alive at this point. He, <laughs> he'd be like, leave me alone. Stop making me make things. But um, he was a great carpenter. And he and my grandmother, when they retired, 
he had an interesting career. He did a lot of different things. But, you know, for the time that I knew him, he was a junk man. So he would go around and he would pick up leftovers, you know, things people didn't want anymore. He would refurbish them and sell them. Or he would, you know, if you th- were throwing away an old radio, he would strip out all the copper wire and sell that. Like, he was very thrifty in that regard. And I think I get a lot of my thriftiness and my um, bargain hunting from him and my grandmother. They're the ones that taught me about yard sales and all that. But they had a second career for themselves when my grandmother went to some place and somebody was selling those. It was, it's a very 1980s thing. It was a cutout of, say, Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse or what looked like a cartoonish version of a woman bending over to, to work in the garden. And they were made out of wood. They were about an inch, inch or so thick. And they had a metal rod in the bottom of them so that you could place them in the garden. And they were like all the rage for a couple of years in the mid to late 80s. And so she went to a store. She saw a whole bunch of them there. And she said, well, we can make those. So she would trace them out on the wood. Well, my grandfather actually would trace out the pattern. They got a bunch of patterns for them. And my grandfather would trace it out on the wood, cut it on a saw, bring it upstairs. My grandmother would sit at the dining room table. She would draw based on the template that they had, the, the cardboard cutout template. And then she would paint them. He would take it downstairs, put a hole in the bottom, put the metal bar through it, and then they had them all out in their front yard. And people driving by on their very busy main road in Randolph would pull over and stop and buy them. And I don't even remember how much they sold them for, but they made a really good living doing that. And so I, I would only imagine if they were still around today, we'd be building little free libraries and selling those for people to install outside their homes. But anyway... As part of that movement, and I didn't realize this, you know, I knew about the Little Free Libraries, but I didn't realize the mission statement behind the organization because it is a nonprofit. It started in Minneapolis, and of course, that's also where we had the death of George George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd in 2020. And so because so many of their workers at their nonprofit organization were from Minneapolis. They're headquartered in St. Paul, which if anybody knows, they're called the Twin Cities because they're right next to each other. And it's really one big community. And so when they were, they were so affected by that, that they started a, 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 a I don't even want to say an offshoot, but an, an kind of an extra mission statement within the Little Free Library movement for what they call Read in Color. And that's to allow people of color, indigenous people to have access to books by putting out these free public libraries and to create libraries that focus on diverse books, books about diversity and inclusion or books that have diverse and inclusive characters. And so here on the South Coast, the group Tritown Against Racism has put in two little free diverse libraries already and a third one is on the way. So at WBSM.com and on the app, you can read the story that talks about that. But the, one of them is at the Old Wharf Landing, or was it the Old Landing Wharf? I think it's Old Wharf Landing in Marion, down there. At the, if you're coming down Front Street from Route 6, it's kind of at the beginning of when you get to Tabor Academy. Um, I think in the area of the sporting goods shop that was there, it's, it's, you, know, you, you can't miss it. As you drive by, you see the wharf, and then you see the little free library right there. 
And then the second one that they put in is at Ned's Point, right down near the lighthouse. When you first pull into Ned's Point in front of the bathrooms, there is another free, little free diverse library. And so you're welcome to go and take books and, and read the books and bring them back and put in your own books. They just ask that you put in, you know, books that are about diversity, inclusion, and include characters as such. And unfortunately, they've had to put video surveillance in these little free public libraries because after the Mattapoisant one was installed in late 2021, about three months after it was put in, vandals came and destroyed it. So they reinstalled it in, in May of 2022, but now they've put surveillance cameras in and around these little free public libraries, these little free diverse libraries, because they want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. The Rochester one will be installed and unveiled on June 17th. It will be at the Plum Library in Rochester. And they're timing it with Tritown Against Racism's Juneteenth celebration. So we'll have more details for you on that as it gets closer. Uh, but right now you can kind of read about the little free diverse libraries at WBSM.com and on the app. And you can see I took some photos of some of the book titles so that you'll see what's in there. Not only so that you can see what's there if you want to read it, but also so that if you wanted to make a donation of a book to it, you see what's already there. So you don't, you know, you can bring something different if that's the case. And uh, so check that out and you can, and if you start a little free library, let me know. Send me a photo over the WBSM app. Let me know the location. We can add it into our gallery of little free libraries that we are sharing within that story and on other stories as well so that we can keep the South Coast aware of where those are because it's a great idea. It's a great concept, especially these days where, you know, there's been a lot of push with technology toward more eBooks. Um, folks who don't have time for reading quite a bit will get audio books and listen to that as they're in their car or doing other things. So if we want to like remember what it's like to hold a book in our hands and read an actual book, these little free libraries help with that because, you know, it, you might walk by one when you're out taking a walk. So you're taking a walk, listening on your, on your headphones to an ebook and you walk by and you say, oh, there's actual physical books. I'm going to borrow one of those. And then when I'm done with it, I can drop it back off on my walk later on. Or maybe it inspires you to build one of your own. By the way, too, I've been talking about Hoopla, which is the website, the, the, the service that allows you to download digital books if you have a sales library card. So the library card that you use that allows you to check out physical books from the local library where you live and also is connected to that network of books so that if, if you live in Mattapoisett and they don't have it at that library, they can borrow it from the, from the Marion Library or the New Bedford Library and they bring it to that library, to your library, and you pick it up there. Well, the Hoopla system is the same, only with eBooks. So you can actually just download them onto whatever you're going to read them on a Kindle, a laptop, an iPad, a cell phone, whatever. And then you just return them when you're done. And I, th I think it might automatically just remove them from your device once the, uh, the rental time is gone. So somebody asked me when I was talking about that a few weeks ago because I had 
the author of a book on my 9 a.m. show. And I got a message that said, can you get ebooks? I mean, uh, can you get audiobooks in addition to ebooks? And I said, I'll, I made a note to say, let me go back and check and see if you can. And, and I didn't. I forgot. But I just happened to be on Hoopla the other day and I saw that you can get audiobooks and that kicked it back into my mind. So if you are an audiobook fan, but you say you, um, you know, you want to get more of them, but you don't want to sign up for one of those services where you can download X amount a month. Hoopla has a lot of them, and they're all free. It's free to download anything from Hoopla. It's part of your library subscription, your library membership. So check that out, H-O-O-P-L-A.com, and I think you will enjoy it. All right, well, I have to take the first break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, diversity and inclusion free library books. Well, the stands. What do they call them again? The uh, little, free little, little Free Libraries is the, it's the, um, the nonprofit organization. And there's new ones that are getting put up in... What, it was, what, what town was it again? Rochester. Marion? Ra- Marion and Manapoise had already had... Well, so there's little free libraries everywhere. Uh, there's little f- little free diverse libraries uh, in Marion and Manapoise. And so the third one will be uh, opened up in Rochester next month. Now, I wonder if I go drop off a book called Letters to Trump, if that, was, uh, if that would be an a in- included book inside that diverse library. It probably would not. It wouldn't be. But there are, there, there are a million other little free libraries that you could put that book into. <laughs> but they just ask that you put particularly inclusive, uh, you know, things about uh, dealing with race issues, things about LGBTQ issues. That's what these little free diverse libraries are for. Well, I, I find it kind of hypocritical, though, if, it's, if, if, if they're telling us what books to put in there because that's not really being inclusive. Why? They created the little free library. Right, but if... You see what I'm saying, though? It's, it's supposed to be a diverse... Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. Say you built a little free public library, a little free library, yeah. put it out in your front lawn, and somebody put genderqueer in that library. Would you would you leave that in there? Tim, honestly, my my answer to that would be it's it's a free library. Put whatever you want in it. You could put a, a, a giraffe with a Hawaiian shirt in there for all I care. It's a free library. Well, I mean, they, 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 they built people, it. They can control what right. goes into it. Well, if they don't want people putting certain books in there, then they shouldn't, they shouldn't include the word inclusive. Why does it bother or, you that they or, don't want to put it in there? Or free. Well, uh, you know? well, free is because you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, well, I mean, well they shouldn't allow people to deposit books inside that little free library if they don't want certain books inside there. That's not being inclusive, and that's not being diverse. Well, I would say the same thing about people that want to keep books out of school libraries. That's not being inclusive or diverse either. Well, we're not talking about school libraries. We're talking about free libraries. We're talking about something that somebody built in their own free time and and put up. That's part of a nonprofit organization. A nonprofit organization that has nothing to do with you if you choose not to take part in it or donate to it. Well, I mean, what, what I'm saying is, is that if I do choose to take part and donate, that would be one of the books that I donate into the library. And they don't want it there. 
who says they don't want it there, though? Are you saying they don't want it there, or do you have a full... It, there, there, are, there are actual, if you, if you check out the story, you can read the language that's in there, but there are actual um, stickers or uh, statements on there that asks what kind of books that they would want you to leave there in the library. And a book written by President Donald Trump is not a book that is, is a book that's listed on that. No, it, it, doesn't it, it, fit, it doesn't match the criteria of the type of books that this library was created for. I mean, neither does Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. You know, that doesn't fit what the yeah. model of this library is. If you want to have, you could put that book in any other little free library. You could also create a free, li- you know, little public, a little free library for horror books if you wanted to. But they're just asking that in these particular ones that they've created, this is the genre of books that they want put in there. And now you say that they have cameras put up for vandalism and everything else. Yeah, because it got vandalized. So I'm wondering if I decide to put that book in there, if I can request to see the footage of somebody taking it out and vandalizing it, if they're gonna, if they so choose to. Because I mean, you know what? That's what's gonna happen if you if you put a book in there that Donald Trump wrote. You, you think somebody's somebody, just gonna show up and see it and, and flip out and rip it up and stomp on the ground and throw it out, or 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 will <laughs> they just take the book out and stick it in another free library somewhere? I, I well, it depended on which. Asian liberal gets all ticked off about it. No, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that the people who build and frequent these libraries are book lovers, and I don't know that they would destroy a book. Oh, I think my, they would move it somewhere. My wife, listen, my wife loves these little libraries, okay? And we have a, we have a few in Fairhaven that she that she she goes to, and she don't. And she's funny because she'll go out and buy a book, and she'll finish it in like a week or two, and then she'll go and drop it off in these little free libraries. I mean, they're, they're great. They're great. They're great tools to have around the around the community because it gives you an option of not having to go to a public library and you know use your library card and all that other stuff. And not and yeah, and not have to right bring off, it back after the, two weeks and get it stamped again if you haven't finished it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you literally just pull your car right up to it, get out, and it takes five, takes five minutes, you know. And sure. we donated plenty of books to it. You know, I'm, I'm going to just hold you there, John, just because Kate's yeah, yeah, uh, in the newsroom. But I, I appreciate right. the call. And we can talk more about this after we come back from the news. But right now, we want to get all of the headlines of what's going on with Kate Robinson in the WBSM Newsroom. Thousands of unregistered guns have been handed in to authorities after back-to-back mass shootings in Serbia earlier this month. Following the two deadly shootings in as many days, Serbian President Aleksandr Vucic quickly announced what he called a, quote, general disarmament of the country, which has a high rate of gun ownership. There is a month-long amnesty for illegally held weapons with harsh consequences for those who keep theirs. There's also a moratorium on new weapons permits and a review of current gun licenses. This as tens of thousands of people attended protests against violence in the capital, Belgrade. An appeals court appears likely to restrict access to a key abortion pill in the U.S. The Justice Department argued in front of a New Orleans federal court Wednesday to allow greater access to the pill after a Texas judge restricted its access months ago. The restrictions were based on alleged flaws with FDA approval process. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis reportedly will formally enter the 2024 presidential race next week. Mark Mayfield has details. 
The Washington Post reports that two people familiar with the Republican governor's plans say DeSantis will kick off his campaign for the GOP nomination as he gathers top fundraisers in Miami. DeSantis is also expected to launch his candidacy with an event after Memorial Day in his hometown of Dunedin. DeSantis won a second term as governor in a rout last November. He's considered the most serious challenger to former President Donald Trump in the race for the Republican nomination. I'm Mark Mayfield. Federal prosecutors say the Air National Guardsman accused of posting classified documents to social media was repeatedly warned about mishandling them. Prosecutors said the 21-year-old suspect continued disclosing documents and bragging about it after his Air Force superiors admonished him in September and October last year. Deutsche Bank is agreeing to pay $75 million to settle a lawsuit by women who accused the German bank of facilitating the late financier Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. Attorneys for the women confirmed the Manhattan Federal Court settlement late Wednesday. Epstein was a Deutsche Bank client from 2013 to 2018. The Agriculture Department could be moving to ban flavored milk from school cafeterias. The USDA just closed the public comment period on changes in long-term school nutrition standards to cut down on added sugars in school lunch and breakfast programs. A Minnesota man is being charged for stealing the famous ruby red slippers worn by Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. A Minnesota grand jury indicted 76-year-old Terry J. Martin in the 2005 theft of the slippers from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Federal prosecutors say a former guard at a notorious prison camp in Bosnia-Herzegovina who used a fabricated story to obtain refugee status in the U.S. and settled in the Boston suburbs has been arrested on fraud and other charges. 50-year-old Kamal Mjernik was living in Slomskut at the time of his arrest. Prosecutors said Tuesday that Mjernik worked as a guard at Celebici prison camp during the Bosnian War in the 1990s and was identified as by survivors as being involved in beatings and abuses at the wartime camp. Prosecutors say he fled the country after the war by crossing into Croatia and falsely applying as a refugee to the U.S. We humans spend a majority of our time looking for someone to share life with. Turns out we're not really looking for a person. Bree Tennis has more. A new one-poll study by dog product company Zesty Paws says half of all Americans say their pet is their soulmate. 53% say pets know them better than anyone else in their life, including a spouse or best friend. 45% of us tell our pets secrets, and 32% of pet parents believe they're so in sync with their pets, their zodiac signs are compatible. There's even pet astrology websites to see if you did it right. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. New York and New Jersey are celebrating that the FIFA 2026 World Cup is coming their way. Governor Murphy and Eric Adams, along with special guests, will be in Times Square this morning revealing plans to promote the games. Murphy and Adams say they want as many games as possible to be played at MetLife Stadium, but they particularly want the last game. They both anticipate a major boost for the economy. In other sports, the Celtics lost to the Heat in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, falling 123-116 to at TD Garden. Game 2 is tomorrow night. But the Red Sox claimed their rubber match against the Seattle Mariners at Fenway Park, winning 12-3. Tomorrow they take on the Padres in San Diego. 
Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We had a bit of cool air settle in, so we will warm up, but not too much today. We're going to see a high of 57 degrees and sunny skies overnight tonight, 41 degrees. And for tomorrow, warming up high of 62 with partly cloudy skies. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 39 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And on the WBSM app, as well as at WBSM.com, you will find the story that I have up about the new little free diverse library that is coming to Rochester. And uh, again, this is the third that has been put up by the group Tritown Against Racism. Now, they are also the group that donated uh, a number of the books to the old Rochester High School Library that have uh, been the controversial books that you've heard talked about here on these airwaves and on social media and that have become a big part of the school committee elections in those towns. Uh, in Rochester, this... No, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to get it confused and reversed in my mind. In Mattapoisett, this past week, they held their election. And the Rochester election is coming up next Tuesday. And in Mattapoisett, the candidates who were... I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure how to put it, how to frame it. But the candidates who were against these books being in the library are the candidates that were not put into office by the voters of Mattapoisett. We'll see what happens in Rochester next week because the Rochester candidates who are on the ballot have been more vocal about this. And I know the school committee races are something that Marcus has been covering on, on South Coast tonight, and you can catch the podcasts of that if you haven't been able to listen live and you can hear the interviews. But uh, I think a lot of folks that have listened to this time slot when, when Phil was here and listened to Barry, you've heard Joe Pyers on with him. He is the person who has been kind of leading the discussion um, on the air here about that particular issue. So he's an incumbent. And uh, Jim O'Brien is running against him. The former uh, Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech superintendent is running against him. There's also a candidate for the Rochester School Committee. So, again, because, it's, because they have a regional junior high and a regional high school, their school committees are different. They have the regional school committee, and then they have the individual town school committee for the elementary schools. And there is a candidate for, for that office, Ann Fernandes, who has been, um, uh, from posts that I've seen, again, I haven't been following this race 100% uh, from the beginning, but from posts that I have seen, you know, has been saying that taking these books out of the library is not about silencing BIPOC or LGBTQ voices, but yet has posted on Facebook, on social media, on posts that are public posts, even though they're in Facebook groups, they're in public Facebook groups about how, you know, that, that basically LGBTQ goes against God and that 
marriage is supposed to be a man and a woman. A relationship is supposed to be a man and a woman. Well, how can you say that, you know, your decision to want these books to not be in the library? And again, she's on the, the town school committee, so she's not in charge of what gets put into the... She's not in charge of dealing with issues with the middle school or the high school. Uh, but, well, that's not in her purview, I'll say. I wouldn't say in charge, but it's a... Obviously, it's a committee, but it's not within her purview. Uh, so... She's saying that, you know, that that's not what this is about, yet at the same time is publicly against that lifestyle. So you can probably understand why it's hard for people to think that it's it's not about that. That it's not that you're against it when you're posting elsewhere that you're against it. And I would just recommend to anybody that's running for public office or in public office, if you want to take a position publicly that is different than what you may say privately, don't post your private thoughts into Facebook groups and anything like that because screenshots last forever. Even if you make the post and you say, oh, I, I second guess that. I probably shouldn't have put that out there. Somebody probably screenshotted that to use against you. So that's just a little bit of uh, free campaign advice for anybody out there. Don't post anything that you wouldn't want to have somebody share a screenshot of later. But all this comes about because, again, there are little free libraries all over the place. I mean all over the place. As I was driving around yesterday, of course, I went to Front Street in Marion to take some photos of the little free diverse library that's there. And then I went to Ned's Point to take one of the, to take photos of the one that's there. But as I was down within these neighborhoods, obviously, if you've ever been down Front Street and Marion and, and all of those streets that connect it, and uh, you know that there's a lot of houses and, and businesses and everything kind of all concentrated in that area. And then, of course, if you go to Ned's Point, you drive by a lot of homes, a lot of residences along the water, a lot of neighborhoods. Anyway, just to get down there, even if you're just taking a straight shot from Route 6 up and back, you're still going to be going through some neighborhoods and seeing that. But I drove all around and I saw a ton of little free libraries all over. Some of them may be registered with the website so that people know where they are on the map of, of where they're located. Some of them may be that people just created them because they thought it was a good idea and they, they didn't know that there was an organization where you could register it. Usually if they are registered, they'll have a little something on the side that says, you know, what number they are with the nonprofit. But so there are a, a ton of these where you can put any book that you want into and where you can find books on a variety of different topics, sometimes fiction, sometimes nonfiction. And these three little diverse, little free diverse libraries, the people who created them are just asking for those books that are put in there to be limited to topics and characters having to do with racism, with LGBTQ, with inclusion, inclusion, with characters with disabilities being portrayed in a positive light. And so as I, as I said to, to John when he called in that you can see the language at WBSM.com and on the app of what is put on those, but I'm just going to read that to you really quickly. I just had to pull them up on my phone. 
Let me uh, zoom in here a little bit so I can read better. So the one in Marion says, welcome to our little free diverse library. This little library is focused on books that promote diversity and anti-racism. Please donate your non-diverse books elsewhere. We hope you found something amazing to read today. So that's, that's just what they're putting down as, uh, as, as their qualifications to be put into that library. Uh, the one in Mattapoisett. You are welcome to donate books that include topics and characters that are people of color, people with disabilities, LGBTQ. Because this library is inclusive and we want everyone to live their best life, we hope you will take, read, and return these books. So that's, that's all that they're asking. And since they are the ones who took the time or people that are you know, associated with the organization are the ones who took the time to build, construct, and place those libraries there, I think that they, I think it's totally fair for them to say what they want in there. Now, these little free diverse libraries are on public property. But that doesn't mean that another organization couldn't erect a little free library in the same area and, and put whatever books they wanted in there. You know, perhaps a church decided that they wanted to put a little free public library a little free library. I got to keep saying, stop saying public. I just natural because I'm so used to when I go around and talk at libraries, everything is the, the free library or the public library. So I get it in my head that I have to say public at the same time. It's a little free library. That's the actual terminology for them. So a church could, could have one of those and they could get permits to put it in a park and they could say, we would prefer that you only put religious books in here this little free library that is created by you know such and such church church we just ask that you only place books in this library that cover topics of religion it doesn't have to be just our religion or our belief system it can be any type of theological book but those are the type of books that we would like to see in this little free library and nobody would bat an eye at that nobody would say anything about that but because these books are looking for inclusive, you know, storylines, inclusive characters, of course, people are going to have a, a problem with it. And they're going to have to try to turn it into something that it's not. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in a few. I tell you how I feel, but you don't care. I say, tell me the truth, but you don't dare. You say love is a hell you cannot bear. And I say, give me my back and then go there for all I care. I got my feet on the ground and I don't go to sleep to dream. You got your head. You know, but isn't that the great part about sleep is being able to have a good dream? I mean, when you do have a good dream, sometimes your dreams aren't so aren't so good. Sometimes they're nightmares. And you know what can be a nightmare is going to sleep on an old beat up mattress because then you're not getting the best possible sleep that you can. Well, if you want to remedy that situation, the best thing to do 
is to get a mattress that's not only made in America, but that is made right here in New Bedford, that is made by Worley Beds, because they've been doing it for the past 70 years. And if you know anything about mattresses, you know about how all the companies keep coming up with all these tricks, all these gimmicks, all these ways to make you think that their mattress is better than everybody else's. Worley Beds doesn't have to worry about all that. They know that their mattresses are better because they're all handcrafted. And in fact, if you go over there, you can take the tour and see how they hand sew mattresses five days a week. That way there, when you go there, you know you're buying a quality product. You know you are buying a local product. And that means that you will get a good night's sleep. No more waking up achy and sore. No more tossing and turning in the middle of the night. I can't guarantee you that you won't have any more nightmares because, let's face it, a lot of that has to do with what you have going on in your own life and whether or not you had that meatball sub right before you went to bed. But they can guarantee that you will get a better night's sleep on a whirly bed, and maybe that will lead to some better dreams. So check them out. Whirly Beds on Pope's Island in New Bedford. You can go and visit them right there or give them a call and ask them all of your sleep questions. Patrick, Martha, and the rest of the Whirly team are ready to help you get a better night's sleep. All right, I do have to take one more break in the hour. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. All right, we are just about out of time for this hour, but in the next hour, we'll have more with you at 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app. Super easy. It's like texting us. You send in the message, then we can read it on the air. I always just ask that you, you know, keep it to language that can be read out loud and over the airwaves because, as I always say, I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy. I just read whatever you put on the screen. So if you can help me out and kind of censor yourself before I have to do it myself, that would be hugely helpful. But uh, And I, I get some some nasty, nasty app chat messages from 9 to noon. So I, I don't want to deal with that kind of stuff this early in the morning. So keep it clean, keep it on point, or it can be about anything that you want. That's the great thing about it. And if we don't read it on the air, we do have the option of being able to respond back to you. So uh, I, I may not read it on the air, but I might type you back a return message, and then you get a little push notification on your phone, just like you would if somebody sent you a text or a Facebook message. You'll get a message saying that you have a new uh, app chat response in the WBSM app. And then you can also send us an open line voicemail. If you hit the open line button, it's going to ask you, do you want to send audio? Do you want to send video? Do you want to send a photo? You select send audio to us, hit the record button, say what's on your mind, and then that sends that over to us and we can play it on the air. But again, please make sure that it is okay to put on the air. It has to be the same kind of language that you would use if you were calling in on a regular call. And then I still have to screen it during a commercial break or during the news. And uh, and if it's okay to air, I can, I can put it on the air at some point during the program. So easy ways to get involved, even if you don't have time so early in the morning, to call in and uh, actually get involved in the discussion. And all of those great features on the W. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.